What's up, everyone? This is Zach from the Idiot Sports Show, and today I'm bringing you the second episode of Idiots Discuss Baseball. There is a lot to talk about today, so let's go ahead and dive right on in. The lockout is over. The MLB and the MLB Players Association agreed to terms on a new CBA collective bargaining agreement that runs through 2026, a five-year deal. Um, some of the new terms of the um, or some of the highlights of the new uh, CBA between the league and the um, players association includes expanded playoffs. Um, Twelve teams will make the playoffs starting in 2022. The two division two division leaders with the best records will receive a buy. So it's kind of like the NFL structure. Um, and so there's uh, two first round buys, and then uh, the rest are wild card series or two extra wild card teams. So basically, what the Basically, what they've decided to do is there are three division winners and four wild card teams, making it a seventeen playoff or sixteen playoff. I'm, I'm sorry, there's the three division winners and then there's a three three wild card teams. So it effectively, it really is just like the um, NFL playoff structure before the uh, league added an extra game a couple years ago. So um, not quite as uh, you know massive as what the NBA had expanded to, but still um, an extra league. Um, the two teams will host the two teams with the best record will host a three game series, first round series. Um, so well, and there would no longer be a wild card game; they would instead be three game wild card series. So um, um, no more one and done games. Um, so that's big. Um, some other big news. Um, this is something that kind of went under the um, radar, but it also came, came along with the expanded playoffs. There are no more game one sixty threes. There are no more ties. In a case of a tie. In case of a tie, the league will now use tiebreakers instead of um, playing in a one-game extra playoff. Um, a formula will be used to break the ties. Um, this will definitely last in 2022. Um, they are unsure about the future, but definitely in 2022. This is um, actually a format I kind of agree with. One Game 163s are fun, don't get me wrong. There's been some great moments in them. But at the same time, you know, no other league does that. Um, you just use you know, tiebreakers. This is the way the playoffs, at least the way it's reading to me, it's, it's a lot similar of a format to what the NFL had playoff wise before they added the extra game, the extra team to it, um, last year, year before last. So, um, in my personal opinion, I think that, 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 um, I'm not necessarily against it. I don't love expanded playoffs. I don't love it when leagues do it. I don't want the NFL and the MLB to become the NBA with, you know, every team pretty much half the league makes the playoffs and it winds up with crappy teams who have no business being there. But um, I don't, I'm, I kind of like this format for the um, MLB, just kind of um, a 12 team playoff. I don't really want it to go get much, many more teams to make it um, than the 12, though. I don't want it to really expand any further. I think that um, it should end now at 12. And at least for the next five years, that's what it's going to be because that's the terms of the new CBA. Um, this is also huge. There is no more uh, pitchers hitting. The universal DH will be adopted in both leagues starting in 2022, so there would be no more pitchers hitting in the National League. Both leagues will play with the same exact rules. This is uh, huge. Uh, the American League's had the DH since the 70s. The National League's uh, kind of refused to adopt it just to kind of, you know, see two different sides of the game, the American League game and the National League game. Sadly, there's no more National League games, so the Universal DH will be a fixture in baseball from net here and, and for years to come. So major rule changes coming next year. The biggest one from here um, is the ban on defensive shifts. So starting in 2023, teams can no longer 
super shift the infield uh, for pull hitters that you've seen in the game has come uh, very prevalent across baseball over the past uh, few years, seeing um, basically an overloaded infield where you'd have basically the entire infield standing on one side to prevent a pull hitter from getting base hits. Starting in 2023, that will be no longer allowed. Teams must have two infielders on each side of second base. You can still kind of shift in a way, but two of those guys have to at least have to be on the left side or the right side of second base. So uh, you can still shift, but you can't overshift like you know, we've seen and seen some teams do. That's the biggest change in 2023. Uh, another one is um, larger bases. So first, second, and third base will go from 15 inches squared to 18 inches. So basically larger base, which makes it easier for runners to steal and, you know, get there safely because there's a much more of a, a, a cushion there for them to um, step on. So that one's kind of obvious. Um, not really. I don't really think that's going to be a huge deal. Or it's definitely not going to be anything anybody I think will, will really notice. Um, and then the other major deal uh, change in 2023 is a 14-second pitch clock, which um, might adjust to 19 seconds with a runner on base. That has not been decided yet. But um, pitchers will only have 14 seconds in between pitches to or between getting the ball back from the catcher to throw a pitch. Um, basically, a big pace of play, um, something baseball's been trying to work on for the past few years now, trying to get the pace of play better. Um, I think that that's actually a pretty smart rule change. I personally love baseball, but also think that the game does need some adjustments with the pace of play because it can just drag sometimes. I will happily admit that um, as a baseball fan, but um, you know, I'm all for the um, these little changes to the pace of play to try to keep the um, you know game moving. Um, the rest of it um, is kind of just um, salary stuff. Um, the biggest one is the major league minimum salary goes up each year, starting next year at seven hundred thousand dollars. That's an increase of from of one hundred about one hundred thirty thousand dollars, and it will increase by twenty thousand dollars through each season, or by each season through twenty twenty six. So by twenty twenty six, it will be seven hundred eighty thousand dollars. So if you're a major league player, the least amount of money you can make starting this year is seven hundred thousand. Like I said, that's a big change. One hundred thirty thousand dollars. That's really what the um one of the biggest things, the reasons why the Players Association held out for as long as they did is to try to get these players um, more money. Um, technically speaking, baseball did have the lowest minimum salary out of all the leagues, so um, that's a huge huge plus for the Players Association is that, um, and players in general, is the um, minimum salary. Minor league minimum salary also changed for 40-man rosters. Starting in 2022, first-year players on the 40-man roster uh, the least amount of money they can make per year is $57,200, and that will go up each year as well. Second year, it goes up from 57200 to $114,100. So um, big changes there in the um, minor league uh, minimum salaries. The other big uh, financial changes for the MLB and the MLBPA in this new collective bargaining agreement, uh, competitive, backs, uh, competitive balance tax. Um, this competitive balance tax is – Basically, MLB's take on the salary cap, so it's like the most money you could spend. Um, if you go over that this amount of money, you'll get like taxed a certain amount. There's no like you, you can go over it. Like, there's nothing stopping you. It's just that you have to pay a crap ton of uh, taxes, which is basically it's it's a way to limit team spending or a way to deter teams from you know just trying to buy every player on the market. It doesn't really work a lot of times. Teams like the Dodgers and Red Sox are always willing to exceed that, but. Um, and the Yankees are have been in the past too, but um, it's it's still a way of trying to at least cap a little bit about um, a little bit how much a team spends. Um, and most 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 teams will 
abide by that and not go over this amount. Um, but they changed the amounts. Um, it goes up 2022, it will go up to 230 million. Uh, second threshold 20 is uh, 250 million. Um, so basically, 230 million is the um, is um, taxes. 200 mil- 230 million is the least amount you is the most you can spend. Up to 230 million is the most you can spend without getting taxes. That's the first threshold. Second threshold is 250 million. Spend that, you get uh, taxed at a higher rate, and you know they're on and they're forth. Uh, the competitive balance uh, CBT goes up each year by um, it goes up by three million to 2023. It's 233 million, 237 million by 2024, 241 million to 2025, and 244 million in 2026. That's that's just the uh, minimum threshold. So the maximum thresholds will also go up by about the same rate each year as well. Um, really, um, financial side of this deal kind of gets a little confusing, um, but the two biggest things were the changes in minimum salary and the changes to the CBT. That's really what um, the two sides were arguing over. Um, another big change is, um, for one, um, there's no more um, compensation. Um, let's see. You still receive a compensation pick um, for free agents. So, um, like, uh, if a, if you tender a qualifying offer to a free agent and they decline it, then they sign with a different team. That team still has to give you a, a compensation pick. Um, it is no longer as big of a deal as it once was. Um, now it's like a, a third-round bill uh, deal instead of, like, a supplemental first-round pick that you got. Um, so it's still pretty um, – it's a lot less than it used to be. Um, the, that was a big thing that the owners tacked on to try to, you know, and the Players Association didn't like was the uh, losing a draft pick for a free agent leaving because um, here recently we've seen the hesitance of owners to give up said draft pick, um, especially uh, with the whole Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell fiasco a couple years ago where the two remained unsigned until the middle of the season when they lost that draft pick. And as soon as they lost that draft pick um, attached to their name, they immediately agreed to terms. Um, and, you know, we've seen that happen a few times now with different players. So um, it is still a, it's a really big deal um, uh, that that uh, kind of goes away. Um, and um, the other thing, the other huge thing is the, um, the amateur player draft, the first year's player draft. Um, is now a um, now goes by a lottery system, so um, so the draft uh, has been reduced to twenty rounds. Um, players who participate, blah 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 blah. Nothing about that really matters. Um, but there is now a um, lottery. So I think like one through seven um, has a lottery, and then there's another lottery, and then so on and so forth. I'm not hundred percent sure how the lottery works. But I do know now that there is a draft lottery sort of like the NBA has with the MLB as well. Um, Major League Baseball drafts not as huge as the other two, mostly because um, of international free agents, which uh, there is now also an international player draft, um, which is also a big deal. Uh, I'm not 100% sure how that works either, but that's still something that was added in this CBT, collective bargaining agreement CBA. Um but um, that's that's pretty much the basics of the new um, collective bargain agreement. Um, really confusing stuff, just to be honest with you. Um, kind of gets really boring after a while, too, because it's just a whole bunch of numbers thrown out there by two sides. Um, but um, it is still important, uh, especially the rule changes. The biggest rule changes, um, expanded playoffs uh, goes to 12 teams. 
now with a wild card round. It's sort of like the NFL segment where the um, top two seeds, top two division winners, get a first round bye, and then the rest of them play our three six four five three six and four five pay, play a um, three round three game series to determine who will play the next, who will go on to the next round in the wild card round. Divisional round, then championship round, and then division round stays five, championship round stays seven. Wild card round goes from one game to three games, which is um, a big change. Another big change was Universal DH, which was adopted starting this year. So no more pitchers hitting. Um, that's been something that's been coming for a long, long time. Um, I'm, you know, honestly bittersweet in a way because um, I like the National League way of games, you know, with the strategy of when do you pull a pitcher for a pitch hitter or when do you bunt or so on and so forth. Um, I do like that part of the game, but, um, and, you know, of course there's the prospect of having a good hit, hitting pitcher, but even the the good hitting pitchers are not good hitting pitchers. Uh, the, the only exception is really like Shohei Otani, um, but he's not. A, he doesn't really even really count because he's a two-way player. Um, so other than him, though, there's really um, no other um, – no other like you know really amazing hitting pitchers. So um, that's that's pretty much it for the um, new collective bargaining agreement. So let's go ahead and move on to um, some of the big big news um, since this um, uh, CBA was announced last week. The uh, free agent market and trade market has just went berserk. Um, it started with uh, the Dodgers resigning Clayton Kershaw. I think it was a one year deal um, worth a. A whole bunch of money, probably upwards of around $35, $40 million. I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but they did agree to a one-year deal with um, Clayton Kershaw. I do know that. Um, but some of the big, big news, um, starting out with news that broke yesterday and then the big news that broke today with the Braves. So Atlanta has decided to acquire Matt Olson from Oakland in exchange for um, a prospect package, which is headlined by Christian Pache and Shailen Lears, which are the Braves' number two and number three prospects in their organization. Both are very highly touted. Pache was the number one pot prospect up until last year where he really struggled at the major league and minor league levels to kind of uh, – his value kind of fell off a little bit. And then uh, Langoliers is still probably one of the highest t- talked about uh, catching prospects in all of baseball. Um, really, in my personal opinion, um, Pache I could get over, but Langoliers is a really tough pill to swallow for Matt Olson. Um, but Olson's a great player, a really, really great player. Um, a great first baseman, plays great defense. Um, lots of power. He just he's coming off his two best seasons of his career. He's uh, young and he's relatively affordable, uh, but relatively affordable though. Um, the Braves today announced that they had signed Olsen to an eight-year contract extension worth 165 million dollars. Um, so Olsen's going to be here a while um, in Atlanta. Um, but what this does mean for the Braves, Freddie Freeman is almost certainly out of the picture now for Atlanta, which is going to be really, really hard for Braves fans like myself who grew up with Freddie Freeman playing for the team. Freddie was the one guy you could count on to always be good and pretty much always play for the team. He stuck through this team with those terrible rebuild years um, before they reached the uh, glory days of the past few. Um, Freddie's been here through thick and thin, um, so it's really hard, tough to see him go somewhere else, but at the same time, I do think that it's kind of a mutual decision. Um, from what I've read and from what I personally believe, I think it's probably more Freddie than it is the Braves. Um, if Freddie wanted to come back, I feel sure the Braves would have um, made a fair offer to him, um, but I think that Freddie is either chasing the most money he can get or wants to play for someone closer to home or maybe the Blue Jays, for example, have been rumored to be in pursuit of Freddie Freeman now. Um, maybe he wants to play for um, a, the Canadian team 
which Freddie is a dual citizen of uh, America and Canada. He played for Canada on the World Baseball Classic a few years ago. Um, his, both his parents are from Canada, although Freddie is from Southern California. Um, so basically the big takeaway from the Matt Olson deal is the Braves are not getting Freddie Freeman back. Um, pretty much the writing was on the wall when they made the deal, and then when um, Alex Anthropolis, the Braves GM, came out and gave a press conference, and um, he said that it was the toughest decision he had to make on a transaction in his entire career, and he was fighting back tears um, when he said that, um, meaning pretty much meaning signaling to me that the Braves were, were they weren't getting Freddie back, that it was just clear that they couldn't. Um, Freddie was getting offers that the Braves couldn't match, and so they just decided to move on from him and go to someone newer or someone younger. Of course, with this deal, eight years, $165 million, um, for a younger guy, the Braves were not willing to offer that for Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is um, four or five years older than Matt Olson, so of course he's not going to get that long of a deal. Um, I feel sure a five-year deal um, was probably offered. I know for a fact the Braves probably offered five years to Freddie. Um, he's been holding out for six years. Um, I personally thought the Braves should have just pulled the trigger and gave him that sixth year, but I'm not a GM, and Alex Andropoulos is. And there's one thing I've learned over the since last offseason is to trust the Braves GM because Alex Andropoulos pulled some magic at the trade deadline last year when he got Rosario, Soler, and Duvall, three key pieces of the Braves World Series run, without giving up hardly anybody in return. Uh, for example, Eddie Rosario was traded for Pablo Sandoval, who was immediately DFA'd. Um, so he didn't even do anything for Cleveland, and Pablo Sandoval was just a replacement-level bench uh, pinch hitter for Atlanta. They also got Jock Peterson as well, and that's another huge piece. So they completely rebuilt their outfield without giving up hardly any of their top prospects last year at the trade deadline, and the result of that, they won the World Series. They got hot at the right time won the World Series. Um, so I've learned through that to trust the Braves' general manager because he, Alex Anthropolis seems to really know what he's doing with this team. Um, I believe in him. And as a Braves fan, I'm going to welcome Matt Olson and op- with open arms. Um, his numbers are just about every bit as good as Freddie Freeman's were, especially over the last two years, especially last year, where they were even arguably a little bit better than Freddie's were. Um, but it's still a tough pill to swallow seeing Freddie play for someone else. I've always envisioned him as like the next Chipper Jones, a guy who's going to play for this organization for his entire career. But obviously, if Freddie didn't want that, um, then, you know, I guess it's just kind of a bittersweet, you know, goodbye, good luck to Freddie Freeman. I hope he's um, has a, has a pretty successful career and can make the Hall of Fame one day wherever he goes. If he goes to the Dodgers, then I will hate him for that and will envy him forever because I hate the Dodgers. Um, I won't necessarily hate him for that because it is a business, but at the same time, uh, I can't stand the Dodgers, and I just feel like Freddie leaving the Braves to go to the Dodgers would just be a punch in the face to all Braves fans because the Dodgers are basically the, the Braves – um, they're basically the arch rival of Atlanta right now in the National League. They're, they've been the one team kind of standing in the way of the Braves in more World Series um, over the past few years. So I would I would be you know really upset to see Freddie leave to go to the Dodgers. Um, basically, what I'm uh, the point is is as Braves fans, um, this goes to everybody. We need to welcome Matt Olson with open arms. Um, don't necessarily expect Freddie Freeman out of him, but at the same time, he's a great first baseman. He's a young first baseman. He's pretty much proven himself at the big league level. If he can stay healthy and if he can, um, if he can stay healthy and he can produce the numbers he's been producing, um, he's going to be worth every last bit of this contract that he just got for, with Atlanta. As for Freddie Freeman, um, I guess you know it's just pretty much a um, 
you know, good luck wherever you go. Hopefully it's not the Dodgers. Um, I can, you know, I'll pull for you no matter what. If you, Unless you go for the Dodgers, then I might be a little bit more hesitant. But I still hope he has a great career and um, makes the Hall of Fame wherever he goes because Freddie means a lot to me as a Braves fan. I know he means a lot to all Braves fans out there, um, especially ones kind of like who came up in my generation where Freddie was the face of the franchise. Um, basically, I remember the last year of Chipper Jones' retirement, and the Braves just kind of handed off the keys to Freddie Freeman, said, hey, you're the new face of this franchise, and Freddie took it and ran with it and was the unquestioned clubhouse leader, um, stayed with his team through all the rough years that they had and um, was here where they reached glory for only the second time since moving to Atlanta back in uh, 66. So, um, you know, Freddie is forever going to be cemented as an Atlanta legend. Um but, again, this is this is a p- tough pill to swallow, but it's one that Braves fans are kind of familiar with. Uh, Brian McCann was the big one. The Braves lost him to the Yankees um, after the 2013 season, which was um, kind of um, a big loss because McCann had played with the Braves for a good little while and was um, probably the, um, the Braves, like, at the time, probably one of their biggest icons. So when he left, um, it was really hard for the Braves to swallow. And then, of course, the teardown when the Braves lost Hayward. Um, the Upton brothers, Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell was really hard to swallow, too. Um, so, you know, it, it, it happens. It's happened before. Um, you know, Schaefer might have sta- stayed and played his entire career with Atlanta, but other guys didn't. Tom Glavin left the Braves to go play for the Mets. So, um, you know, it just so happens that it's a business at the end of the day. The Braves just couldn't get a deal done. The Braves and Freddie Freeman, and maybe the Braves couldn't match what Freddie was asking for, or maybe Freddie just had a desire to play closer to home or – for, um, you know, just wanted to change the scenery. You know, Freddie stayed with the team for long enough to win a World Series. Um, He put up great numbers. He's done just about everything you would want to do with a franchise. Maybe he wants to try to do something else with a different franchise. I don't really know the answer. Um, Probably my best bet is the um, some money's been thrown around at Freddie Freeman that is just absurd, and the Braves can't match it. That's just kind of what I'm thinking, especially with this latest distinction to Matt Olson, which was, eight, like I said, eight years, $165 million. Um, but Olsen's going to be great for Atlanta. I, I almost can rest assured you that he's going to play gold glove defense and he's going to play, he's going to be a huge power hitter. He's really going to take advantage of the chop house too in right field, um, being a lefty pull hitter as well. Um, I could see Olsen putting up huge numbers in Atlanta, um, batting third in that lineup probably. Um, but that's just in my personal opinion. I think that, but I do think the Braves made the right move. It's hard. It's baseball's a business, and it's hard sometimes. It really is, especially when you get attached to pe- players. Um, Freddie's a guy I never envisioned leaving Atlanta, but I mean, at the same time, you know, you know, it's it it, it happens. You know, it just happened. You're gonna move on from it. The Braves have a great replacement for him, and I have a feeling Matt Olson's gonna be great for Atlanta for many, many, many years. Um, so that's just um, my two cents in that whole debate. Um, but, yeah, Freddie Freeman, I think, is probably going to wind up with um, – if I had to take a guess, it's probably the Dodgers. As much as it pains me to say that, um, the Dodgers have been linked to him. They've been hotly pursuing him since the lockout ended. He's from Southern California. Um, they they supposedly have made an offer to him, a multi-year offer to him. Um, he hasn't accepted yet. Um, the Red Sox have been rumored to be throwing money in there. The Rays um, have been rumored – to be in the sweepstakes, which I don't understand at all because Tampa Bay does, is not a team that usually spends a lot of money on free agents. Um, um, so if the Braves can outbid – if Tampa Bay outbids Atlanta, then there's probably something wrong. From what I read, though, is that Tampa Bay was probably going for like a shorter two-, three-year deal but with a massive like annual average, so probably like $50 million a year, 
which is absurd, but that's probably what they were probably trying to get was like a three-year or a two-year $100 million, three-year $150 million contract. I would probably say like a two-year $100 million contract is probably what they were going for. I know that sounds crazy, but I think that's probably the only way Tampa could land Freddie Freeman because I don't see how in the world you could think they could outbid the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers. Like Those are the three like biggest market teams in baseball, and you got the Rays who are the smallest market team in baseball. It doesn't make sense. Something's not adding up there. As for the Blue Jays, well, Toronto has a huge market too because they have all of Canada. They've you know and they've been known to spend money. They have a great young team, and Freddie's from Canada. Or Freddie has dual citizenship with both Canada and America, um, so maybe he wants to go back home and play for a Canadian the Canadian team. I don't really know. Um, that I could see pretty much. I could see all the teams I just said, um, except for the Dodgers and the Yankees, because the Yankees I don't think would have got Josh Donaldson in a trade, which we'll get to that in a minute. If they thought they were going to get Freddie Freeman, I think that they kind of resorted to their backup plan, like the Braves resorted to their backup plan. So that effectively, to me, rules out the Dodger or the um, Yankees and the um, Braves, which um, it it really does rule out the Braves. I don't think the I mean the GM wouldn't be crying. And, you know, talk about how hard it was. He thought he could keep Freddie. Freddie's not coming back. Um, But um, wherever he winds up, we don't know. Um, But in my personal opinion, it's down to between the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and the Dodgers. Um, So, because I don't think Tampa Bay could keep up with those three. And if if I had to pick a favorite, it would be the Dodgers. Um, He's from Southern California, and the Dodgers obviously have deep pockets, pretty much unlimited unlimited amounts of money to spend on whoever – they won't, so, um, yeah, you know, just, um, I hate to say it, but it looks like the Dodgers for Freddie Freeman for me. Um, that's just kind of where I think he's going to wind up. So, uh, Carlos Correa is another big free agent, too. Uh, I don't haven't really been keeping up with the rumors for him. I've been kind of tied up with Freddie Freeman over the past few days. Um, but he's rumored to be getting a, a massive contract of around, uh, of a total value, $300 million or more, probably, is what I've been hearing. He's a young shortstop. Um, Trevor Story is also still available too, I do believe, as a um, shortstop. So um, there's still lots of free agents that have remained unsigned that are big name free agents. Um, it's just Freddie Freeman kind of got took the headline because as soon as the lockout ended, it was just crazy odd pursuit of Freddie Freeman. He was really the big ticket free agent everybody was after. Um, so yeah, basically sad the Braves couldn't get a deal done, but I'm happy for Matt Olson and wish him nothing but good good things to come in Atlanta, and hopefully he can match the level of production Freddie's put up over the past pretty much his entire career. It's going to be hard, but I believe in Matt Olson. I believe that the Braves made a good deal here. Um, it was a lot to give up to. Pache, like I said, was the, uh, a highly touted uh, five-tool prospect, but the uh, batting really never came around for him. He just became a speed and fielding monster. Um Last year, he didn't really hit all that well. I think that he still has potential, um, but I don't see his bat really being much of a um, impact. So, and really in baseball nowadays, defensive value is great, but if you can't hit, you're not going to play most of the times. You know, just being honest with you, um, it's. A, I mean, there's a little bit more now with the universal DH. There's a little bit more of a need for um, fielding first players, but um, I still, if you can't hit, you're not going to you're not going to make it to the big time. You're not going to make big big-time money, and I don't think Pache's, you know, going to be a superstar. I might be wrong, but I just don't think so. And Langoliers, Langoliers is tough to swallow because, like I, I think I said this earlier, he's – the Braves have rolled out 30-year-old catchers for the past, um, you know, since basically the rebuild began, and they never really had a good catching prospect. So to finally have one um, and give him up is um, 
kind of a little bit surprising in a way. I would have thought that they would have been hesitant to move on from Langoliers. I get it, you know, you pay the price you need to to get the player you need to, but at the same time, that's a lot to ask for to give up a, pros- a catching prospect so highly touted because catching prospects are not are hard to find now. A lot of, There's not really good catchers anymore, um, especially ones that could uh, hit and field. Um, maybe the Braves are um, are really high on William Contreras, Wilson Contreras' younger brother. Um, he saw a lot of duty last year when um, Travis Darno got injured, and the Braves were, you know, trying every single option available at catcher. Um, but you know, and I, I did like what I saw from him, but he needs to work on his consistency both behind the plate and at the plate. Um, for me to really be high on him and think that he's the future, um, but that's just my personal opinion. So. Um, you know, I do think Langlers was a high price to pay. Moving on now from that deal, though, um, some other notable deals. Um, the Yankees have agreed to trade Gary Sanchez to Minnesota in exchange for Josh Donaldson, who was the big name in that deal, and a five-player deal altogether. Um, basically, my takeaway from this is the Yankees are probably not landing Freddie Freeman, so they, like the Braves, were kind of like forced to be like, okay, well, I don't know if we don't know if Freddie's going to sign with us or if he's going to go out go for someone else. We're unsure. We can't play the waiting game anymore, um, so we need to get a deal done just to be safe. So it's kind of the safety um, backup option the Yankees had, which was to get Josh Donaldson, who's a third baseman but can play first base, I feel sure. He's done it before, and you know I feel sure the Yankees can shift around their infield as needed um, to accommodate him. They just really needed another infielder. And Josh Donaldson, you know, of course, former Brave, watched him play in 2019, had a great season, was amazing. Um, loved him, loved the tip, the um, energy he brought to the team, and then of course you know the production he had in 2019, especially after that slow start was amazing. Um, really, for the Twins though, he never really got going. Battled injuries the past two years and just really wasn't that great. And then the Twins, kind of, um, you know, kind of in the middle. Um, you know, tr- you know, I think they're trying to both compete next year and build for the future. Um, so I think that getting rid of Josh Donaldson um, was a good move by them. I personally think that. Um, Josh Donaldson's going to be a good – I think he's going to be good for Atlanta – or for – I'm sorry, for the um, Yankees. Um, probably like a Todd Frazier-type guy um, that New York had. Um, maybe a little bit better production-wise, but I don't see him putting up, like, huge numbers. The Yankees didn't need another bat, though, because it's pretty much Stanton and Judge carrying that team, especially last year. The other guys just aren't hitting up to their, the level they need to to produce. And, of course, the Yankees playing a small ballpark, so pitching's going to be hard to come by. So um, – I think this was a good move by the Yankees. Uh, although I think, do think Freddie being a left-handed power bat and that short porch and right field in Yankee Stadium was a great fit. Um, I just don't think Freddie has any desire to play for the Yankees. Um, like I said, probably the Dodgers for Freddie Freeman. I've said that about a million times now, but it's still it's probably the truth. Um, the uh, other other news, um, Milwaukee signed Andrew McCutcheon to a one-year deal earlier. The um, details of that contract are not yet disclosed, but... Um, the Brewers lost Aviasil Garcia, their big outfielder, to the um, – they lost him to the uh, Rays. Uh, he went back to Tampa Bay, so um, kind of as a backup to him. They went and got Andrew McCutcheon from the um, – Andrew McCutcheon signed up as a free agent. Um, McCutcheon played with the Phillies the past couple of years. Um, you know, he's pretty much moved all over the place, traded from the Pirates to the Giants, you know, so um, – of course, 2013, Andrew McCutcheon was the player, MVP, you know, star of Pittsburgh, you know, and he's still a great player. Get, But his age is really starting to get on up there, and um, his production's not nearly as good as it once was. 
I still think it's a pretty good signing as an everyday player, though, from um, Milwaukee. Not a big signing, but still a good signing nonetheless. Um, and then the other big news, uh, the Reds agreed to trade Edward Hero Suarez and Jesse Winker to Seattle in exchange for some prospects. Um, Suarez and Winker were both former All-Stars for Cincinnati. Winker was amazing last year in that um, lineup. Um, you know, really just torched when he played. He was pretty much torching, um, especially right-handed pitching. He was amazing um, for Cincinnati. Um, I think that this is a good fit for the Mariners. Again, Seattle has a the longest playoff drought in American professional sports, so they're trying to make the playoffs for the first time since 2001. Um, so they're they're getting pretty desperate. Um, so they're pretty much just you know give me anybody at this point. So um, yeah, I I think that um, I think that's a pretty good move um, to uh, get Suarez and Winker. Um, the Mariners have been in on some other guys too. Um, I I think that Seattle's really going to try to make a big move to try to compete, get in a playoff right race, and actually make the playoffs again with the expanded playoffs. It shouldn't be that much of a tr- problem for um, Seattle. If they play as good as they did last year, they would make it because. Um, because of the way the format's set up. Seattle, I think, is going to make the playoffs this year. I think this is the year they end their drought. Um, I think they have a good team, good young players, um, good veteran leadership to counteract, to contradict those young players. Um, so I think that, in my personal opinion, Seattle is going to be a, a really, really good team next year. Um, maybe even unseating the Astros in the Yale West. I, I think Houston's still far and away more talented, but at the same time, the Astros' run is just kind of like starting to end as well. Um Certain players aren't playing up to the level that we thought they would, um, you know. So, um, and they, they lost um, Carlos Correa, who's a big bat in their lineup too. So, and George Springer's not there anymore. He went to um, Toronto a couple years ago or last year. Um, so, I, I do think that um, I do think that Seattle could potentially um, unseat Houston. Um, but I think that'd be a long shot. Um, but the rest of that division, um, I mean, the A's are rebuilding. The Rangers are trying to compete, but I don't think that they have the pieces. I, they're kind of like one of those in-between teams where they want to rebuild, but they want to compete, But and they just signed Corey Seager to a big contract, but I just don't think that they have what it takes to compete next year. The Angels, I will say the Angels definitely have the talent to compete anytime you have a team with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. And on top of that, you know, Anthony Rendon, you know, that's a, an insanely talented team. But the Angels just don't have the pitching to uh, come up with. I think that it – but I do think the Angels, I think that this is probably a good year for them to also come up and um, take advantage of their talent finally. If they can keep Mike Trout, Shohei Otani healthy, I think that they'll make the playoffs this year uh, just because I think those two will carry the team. And then I think the um, ownership will make the moves necessary to fill their other needs when they when they decide they need him. On um, Sonny Gray was also traded. That's another big deal. Um, he was traded to the Reds. Um, so yeah, um, that's about it. Um, there's some other free agent signings again. There's some big free agents who still still out there. It's headlined by uh, the shortstops Correa and um, Carlos Correa and Trevor Story. Um, those are the two big names that are still out there on the market. Um, but um, some pretty much all the big names have um ended or have um. Pretty much all the big names have already signed now. Um, Freddie was the big, like I said, Freddie Freeman, big free agent ticket. Um, sadly, Braves could get a deal worked out for him. Um, he's not signed officially yet, but he'll be signed pretty, pretty soon, I think, um, because the rumors are just heating up on him. Story and Correa, um, Chris Bryant's another big free agent. I saw he was linked to the Rockies, believe it or not, um, which would be kind of surprising to me, considering the fact that Colorado couldn't get a deal worked out with their Nolan Arenado. Um, 
which again, Arenado, I think that was as much as he he didn't want to stay. Um, I I think it was probably just as much as he didn't want to stay with the uh, Rockies as uh, the Rockies didn't want to pay for him. But um, I I would be very surprised to see Bryant sign with Colorado. Um, but Chris Bryant is another big free agent. I could see him, you know, with a number of teams. I could honestly see him going back to the Giants. I think that they, they he was a pretty good fit there. Um, so yeah. Um. But, yeah, that's about it for the free agent news. Uh, like I said, three big free agents left, Correa, Story, and Bryant. Freeman's still technically a free agent, but he, he's um, his market's really, really narrow now, and I think that he'll have a deal done definitely by the end of this week. Um, the, so it'll be interesting to see before spring training starts. Spring training does start on March 18th, so three days from now. Um, the regular season opening day was pushed back to April 7th, um, So, uh, but we will have a full 162-game season. Uh, those were the other big deal news from the lockout. Um, the first two series will be postponed. They will be made up at a later date. Opening day is April 7th now, um, and we'll have 162 games of baseball in 2022, which is really exciting, and I know that everybody's happy about that. So full season of baseball. should be a fun season as well. Of course, as a Braves fan, I'm excited. Defending World Series champions, looking to um, repeat, uh, defend their crown. Um, you know, and honestly, just excited to see, to be able to say my team's the defending World Series champions for at least this year. That would that does that is um, really awesome to say, honestly. Um, but yeah, it, it should be a really fun season. Um, I I do think that we're going to see some surprises. I think we're going to see some teams um, really break out and surprises in a big way with the expanded playoffs. I think it's going to make a for a very crazy trade deadline um, as well, um, which, speaking of which, the trade deadline did not really change much, um, although it can be now any time between July 30th and August the 3rd, depending on when the commissioner, Rob Manford, sets it. Um, but basically, n- none of the big things changed. You know, it's still just like normal. Um, so basically, around the trade deadline, though, um, I do expect this year to probably be really, really crazy because I think that there's a lot more teams be willing to buy or sell, and I think that that's going to be really entertaining to watch. Of course, trade deadline's always really entertaining to watch because you see some crazy deals, but um, I think this year's trade deadline is going to be one of the more insane ones. All right, so that's going to wrap things up for me today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, you can tune in to the actual Idiot Sports Show uh, where we'll be talking about the latest from the NFL free agency and the um, NBA on Thursday at 1.40 live on WPPB The Pulse. You can check it out right afterwards right here on Spotify. But for now, I'm Zach. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you later.